Hello, I'm Jeffrey Mishlove. Today, I'd like to talk about the acquisition of cities. That's the Sanskrit or yoga term for powers or attainments, accomplishments that are derived through ascetic disciplines in the practice of yoga. There are many different kinds of cities that are enumerated in the Yoga Sutras and elsewhere, but really, you can't put a limit on them. At, at all, because something new could always pop up. But for example, one city is having like superpowers and, uh, well, they're all superpowers, but one might be like super hearing. Nikola Tesla, in his autobiography, writes about how as a child, he had super hearing and it was disturbing. It was considered a pathology for which there was no diagnosis nor a cure. People thought he would amount to nothing because if uh, a fly were to land in the room, it would sound to him like a loud thud and he could hear people talking several rooms away. And sometimes he, he said that the, the rumbling of a train passing by miles away was incredibly disturbing to him. It seemed like perhaps he was hysterical or psychotic or something. He just couldn't stand sounds. Now, many of you will know the name Nikola Tesla. Others may not. He's one of the great inventors in human history. He's the man who invented, amongst other things, alternating current, the kind of electricity that powers our houses now all over the world. Uh, and he managed, I think it's fair to say, to take this unusual city that came to him spontaneously as a child, perhaps as a result of what we could call karma, but he managed to transform it and into his incredible creativity. And it's said of Tesla that as a, a creative engineer and scientist, when he created a map, they came fully formed in his mind, a diagram for a new invention or a device. And he would uh, write it out or draw it as it appeared in his mind spontaneously or through an effort of concentration, and it would work perfectly the first time. I've heard that as well from Lynn Charlson, who was an inventor who helped finance the Intuition Network many years ago. He is the man who invented power steering and the hydraulic motor. And the same thing, the inventions come to him fully formed in the mind, and then they work right away the first time. And I think with regard to the hydraulic motor, it worked so well that for decades and decades there was no need for further improvement on it. That's an example of people using this kind of attainment or power in a practical way for the benefit of humanity in both cases, inventions. But uh, it doesn't always work out for the success of the individual who has the cities. I studied Ted Owens for 10 years, and he's a man who demonstrated remarkable powers of precognition, or you could say even psychokinesis. There's always a uh, small controversy. Did he predict this event or did he cause it? But in either case, was he successful as a human being? I think if you were to ask him, he'd say yes, but by con because he lived his own life, he pursued his own sense of integrity, and there are people alive today who consider him a prophet or a saint, but 
from any conventional standpoint in terms of uh, his ability to support his family, his ability to raise his children, uh, his ability to maintain stable relationships. One might say that his life was not a success, in fact, anything but. Uh, so these powers are not necessarily of benefit to people. In fact, sometimes they're considered an, an enormous irritation. People would like them to go away. Now, I can't tell you what you ought to do with regard to the acquisition or attainment of these abilities. You, you'll hear many spiritual teachers say, pay no attention to them whatsoever. They're a distraction. You certainly don't want to get ego attached to them. Although I can tell you, Ted Owens was very ego-attached, and there are many great psychics who are ego-attached and happy to demonstrate on command the various uh, powers or cities that they have. You're going to get advice from all sides. There are the tantric uh, practitioners who feel that the acquisition of cities is the goal of spiritual practice. What I can talk about is simply how it works for me. And, and I can say this, I'm, <laughs> I'm pretty bad at demonstrating any kind of psychic ability on demand. And yet, I would say that my life has been full of magical and psychic occurrences. Uh, sometimes they're literally life-saving. I talked in a previous in present segment about the time I was playing with magic and ended up being confronted with people who threw a knife at me and said that they were about to kill me. And it was at that moment when quite spontaneously I was filled, I can only describe it as like the, the spirit of Jesus Christ because I stood up bare naked in front of these hostile people with a sense of uh, pure serenity and peace about me. And they just uh, slithered away with their tails between their legs, uh, if I can mix metaphors there. So I think if, if you were to follow my advice for what it's worth, I would say it's useful, it's very useful to appreciate and to celebrate these things when they occur, but not to expect them or to demand them or to promise them to anybody. The real key uh, as I understand it with regard to cities, I take my guidance from uh, the great Austrian mystic Rudolf Steiner who said, take two steps towards developing your character before you take one step toward knowledge and power. Because in a way, the development of your character is the whole key to acquiring cities. You see, if your word is always good, if you always mean what you say and say what you mean and follow up with everything that you say so that your word is impeccable, well then, that impeccable world, I would say, reaches out into the universe. That impeccable word of yours, your character, and things happen because you are a person of integrity. It reminds me of the story of the great Hasidic master who was known as the Baal Shem Tov, which means the master of the good name. And what does that mean? When he says something, it happens. 
and uh, of course an entire religious movement. Uh, Hebrew Hasidism was built around that, and I shared a little bit uh, in a previous segment uh, concerning my great uncle Harry, who left me with his favorite book, which was the Yiddish version of Tales of the Baal Shem Tov. I've referred to him again in another uh, segment of the In Presence series when I talked about flying chariots because according to legend, the Baal Shem Tov had, had a horse and carriage that would fly over the treetops at night with his disciples as they went on various magical journeys. But my point is this, master of the good name, it means that he is able to speak words of truth and when he says them, they happen. And how do you become the master of the good name or master of the holy name? The one who can say the name of God and make it happen? The one whose consciousness and whose prayers rise to the highest heaven where they can be heard by the greatest of gods? The Lord of all the gods, one might say. Adonai Elohim in Hebrew. It requires a purity of soul. It requires solidity of character. Those are, are really the qualities that uh, help encourage the cultivation of cities, in my estimation. And the thing is this, they're great when they come. I certainly never expected to be filled with what I'm calling the Spirit of Jesus Christ at a moment when I really needed it, but there it was. And of course, I can't promise anything to even myself that this will ever happen again or need ever happen again. But I can say this, I'm open to them when they come. I delight in them when they come. I expect them. I've lived long enough to know that we live in a magical world. And I'm sharing this with you now because I think my way is a good way. It's worked very well for me, and I'm speaking now as a man in my 70s. I've lived a few decades. I've been around the block a few times. And while th there's no reason you should follow uh, what worked for me, it may not work for you at all. But on the other hand, I delight in it. It works for me very well, and I'm happy to share that with you. You do with it as you may. But let me close by asking you this question. When have you experienced cities in your life? How meaningful were they to you? How quickly did you forget about them? How well are you able to integrate them? And will you be prepared for the next one that's coming your way? Thank you for being with me.